Hello and welcome to the ENS Football Podcast. It is week six. I'm joined this week by our ever-present Mr. Tim Spears. Tim, how's it going? I haven't really seen enough of you in the last week, so I'm really glad that we're spending this this time together. <laughs> Sick and tired of your face. Yeah, right back at you. Yeah, we we, uh, we we went to Newcastle obviously on Friday. I was at Newcastle Friday, and we ended up going back. What time do we get back? Three three a.m. Wednesday, not not together, I might add. But uh, Wednesday People morning, talk. I got home. I got home about half three. Sleep at about half five. Yeah, but it's worth it. Great trip. Enjoyed it. Good days. Good days. We'll we'll, we'll obviously um, have a look back at that. Um, and I'd like to welcome. Oh, drum roll! Debut of our deputy sports editor, the crafty Cockney himself, Mr. Derek Bish. Derek, well, welcome. Oh, it's you, Max. How are we going? <laughs> classic. Uh, I must classic Bish. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. I'm, I'm glad I've already got a classic. And uh, three seconds into my uh, into my podcast career, uh, I must say I feel like the third wheel in this relationship uh, <laughs> today. Especially having watched all your videos from. Uh, from the week, it's uh, yeah. Uh, you know, if it gets a bit too intimate, I might have to uh, to leave a little early. I think Bish is going to get a bit of a shock because we've only we've only got him here to do this on the proviso that we're doing a Freddie Eastwood special. Oh yes, <laughs> we say we we do get you know got a bit of stick, especially last week from these boys saying about every player to leave South End. He hasn't listened to it yet. Well, that's unbelievable. Every player to leave South End. Apparently, the best thing since sliced bread. They're unbelievable. They're the best the best player ever. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I'm sure. Does everyone know I'm a South End fan? Well, tell them that they're listening. Yeah, I'm a my sins, South End United fan, uh, and uh, uh, I'm sorry, Wolves fans, but Freddie Eastwood is the best thing since sliced bread. Tim Spears, <laughs> I've, been, I've been trying to uh, trying to convince him, but uh, he's not listening. Anyone out there who wishes to back me up, please tweet me. Um, I'm looking for some Wolves support. All, you, you, all I've got is, uh, is 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 a picture in my local sandwich shop of Freddie on the wall. Uh, I, I sort of feel like he's been put there by accident. Uh, but I'm just just hanging on to that. that he, he may in some someone's someone's life be a Wolves legend somewhere. You, I'm sorry, you're not going to get it. He had a he had a shocking <laughs> season. Uh, I don't know if you remember him being a Wolves junior before but, my yeah. time. He was he was brilliant for Southend. He scored that famous goal against Man United, didn't he, in the League Cup? Yeah, and another um, sixty odd as well. I think he was quoted as five million at that time. We, sh- we should have sold him for five million. I mean, it's the, we let we let Wolves have him for a million. And a yeah, half. it was a, it was a I, steal. I, I, unfortunately, <laughs> I think Mick, Mick McCarthy thought he'd do uh, do a bit of running up front. But uh, anyone who'd seen Freddie play for Southend for the, the previous three years <laughs> would know that running was not among his forte. Twenty-five yard free kicks. 30-yard wonder goals, getting promoted twice. They're all these things, but you ask him to chase the ball into the corner, he's not going to do it. International striker as well. He's, yeah. uh, he's, he's as Welsh as Tom Jones, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's got a good international record as well. He's you know, better than some of the current Welsh squad. You know, maybe you know, if, you know, maybe, maybe if Freddie was still playing, maybe Wales would have achieved their, their dream <laughs> in the summer rather than be failing at the semi-finals. The thing is, he's not joking. He, he does mean that. Uh, yeah, it's sincere. <laughs> this is me being completely sincere. I'll be honest, I've, I've I think I've had my Eastwood fill already and myself then fill. But <laughs> you can probably... we move on from uh, let's let's Eastwood. let's move on. Just can we to... talk about Michael Kiley instead. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, Dominic Coyle. Yeah, here we go. Um, so so shortened podcast a little bit shorter than normal. We're going to look back at the week that was. We're going to preview this weekend's game. We'll give our scores and what we think. I tell you what, you're in trouble this week because we are bang on with our predictions oh last week. God. Last week we killed it for the people listening last week. <laughs> All three of us, me, me, Massey, Spears, predicted absolute 100% Newcastle win. 100%. Completely couldn't have got it more more wrong. Uh, West Brom, everyone predicted a West Ham win. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'll be win 4-2. And we all predicted... Actually, no, me and Massey predicted draw. 
for the Bolton or Saul, you yeah. predicted a loss. Yeah. So yeah, well, it's basically we, none of us backed our teams, and they all won. But you so did say you did say <clears throat> you did say back them all, didn't you? I did. I said. I said. Yeah. yeah. I Nin- said, uh, ninety ninety to one. You would have. Uh, mm. I think super careful signing on yeah. column on Monday. Oh, really? You would have got on all three. Yeah. Winning at the weekend. So uh, uh, if anyone had gone against all your advice last week, they'd be very rich yeah. and probably not listen to the podcast anymore. <laughs> probably <laughs> not. No. So so let let's start with Wolves. Uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And that's not the key side on Saturday night after the game oh. for me and you. Hey. Uh, okay. Saturday seems a long time ago now, but what? A result. Fabulous for all the fans up there. It's completely sold out St James's Park. And it was just pretty much of dreamland that we, they were in, weren't Well, that they? was the main game, wasn't it? That was, yeah. the, that was the proper game. Yeah. Well, no, one after was just a bit of a kick around. Yeah, no, it was fun. It was the perfect away performance, basically. They stopped Newcastle playing. They got they got the home fans on their backs really early on. I mean, I was shocked. We, we were kind of in and around it in the press box. But I was shocked at how quickly the, fan, the home fans not so much turned on them but made it not the best atmosphere to be playing football in because Wolves really, really, every time Newcastle had the ball, they were pressing them so quickly and so high and just forcing Newcastle into loads of mistakes. They kept putting the ball away, the ball out of play over and over again and the fans were just going absolutely berserk. Mm-hmm. And Wolves, you know, really, really played on that. Um, I think possession stats, they only had 30-odd percent possession Wolves. But um, it was perfect away performance. They create the better chances on the break and fully deserved a 2 0 win. Well, that's what the away sides have got to play at these places this year. I mean, it's, it's, it's well, a lot of We've seen it at Molyneux many times yeah, over the years. Exactly. Yeah. And, it's, and, you know, it's a big thing for Villa this year is that, uh, like Newcastle, haven't come down so quickly. Mm. If teams press high, mm. get on them quick, then it's going to be. It's, fans are going to turn on their own team very quickly because, yeah. you know, it's. We're not that far removed from what was an awful season for, mm-hmm. for Newcastle and Villa last year. That's exactly yeah. right. I mean, yeah. I speak to a couple of Newcastle buddies up there and they said that the Wolves were the first the first team this season. Okay, they didn't start particularly well, but the first team that pressed them right the way up the up, up the pitch, they didn't give the defence any room Every whatsoever. Every time Newcastle had a goal kick, mm-hmm. Zenga was screaming to get at forward, Wolves' front yeah. three to, to, to press push. them so they couldn't play um, a short goal So they've seen some little, little things like that mm-hmm. you know, made a big difference. John Joe Shelby didn't get, normally has 20 yards around him just to ping balls back, no, you know, all over the reduced, place. Redu- he put the ball out a lot and he was mm-hmm. reduced to long shots, mm-hmm. you know, throughout the game. So it's perfect game plan, enacted I mean, to the letter as well. I mean, you've got to say that, it's, you know, from Zenga, that's very impressive because, you know, how many new players, I mean, you know, we've all watched teams try to try to press teams, and it doesn't matter. It, you know, if if there's one person who's not pressing, that's, yeah, you're absolutely right. Then you're, you're finished. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You are because there's that there's that immediate space, and the other team's going to going to pass their way through you. Yeah, and um, Sace came in and made a massive difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were there, Bish. You, you, you really appreciate him as a player. I mean, it's exactly what was been crying out for. Sits in front of the back four, but he's very physical. I mean, he's got a red card in him, by the way. I can see that coming this season, but uh, really puts himself back. He reads the game very well. Um, but then he gets Wolves going as well. He's got good technique on him. We saw him hit like a twenty-yard free kick, which was decent. Uh, he's tall. He stuck a header just over the bar from a corner. Mm. Um, so really impressed with his with his all-round game. I think he could end up being the most important signing they made this summer. Thirteen new signings. We did discuss that it could take months for him to find the right team and the right combination. Yeah. Has he found it a few games into the season? Is it could, I mean, is obviously a massive game against Brentford at the weekend. Brentford sixth in the table, could leapfrog him into the playoffs. But has he? Will he be silly now to change it around and make three, four, five changes? Well, I think he will make changes because it's, it's it's a completely different game. The the onus is going to be on Wolves to attack at home in front of their home fans against a Brentford team who might come and frustrate them. So it's a completely different game. Like I said, Wolves didn't really have much of the ball at Newcastle on Saturday. So whether Dave Edwards, who was magnificent at St James's Park, gets a start against Brentford, you know, 
don't know really. It might, might be a game for Ola John, who looked great the other night. Mm. Um, but I, I th- to go back to your point, I think he's starting. He's starting to find his his best eleven now. I think he's got maybe up six or seven players who he knows are in his best team. Mm-hmm. Say Snow being one of them after coming in and doing so well, I think. And Costa was fantastic. He's getting up to speed. Stunning, absolutely stunning. Um, and yeah. Jackson's come in and set, settled in, settled in really well. So I think I think he's getting there. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I do think we'll see changes from Saturday's team on this Saturday. So that was the good. The bad, obviously, going Tuesday night EFL Cup, and they've gone out. They lost two 0 and I think they were soundly beaten. I think that was fair. Yeah, they, it could have been more. I, I mean, Zenga said there was no difference between the teams, but I, I don't know where he got that from. Um, because Newcastle were cruising a bit in the second half, it, it was ju- it was just about the um, the better strength and depth that Newcastle have got. I think we said in the video on Tuesday they could bring in Kieran Clark, Jack Colback, Daryl Murphy, Goufran. These are proven, experienced players. You know they're not kids, and they've been in English football for a few years. You know, this is their reserves. Whereas Wolves are still trying out Sylvia with his debut, Ola John with his debut, Gladden still, on. yeah, um, Texera, even you know, all, all still finding mm-hmm. their feet. You've got two 21 year old centre halves, mm-hmm. Oilford and Halls, who did play well, mm-hmm. but still, it just goes to show the difference between the two squads. It was always going to be a tough ask, I think, after Tuesday. Newcastle, you know, did want revenge. I think they were really stung by Saturday's defeat. So it was always going to be a tough game. You know, if you're going to lose a game, losing the league third round. Uh, a couple of emails, uh, podcast at expressandstar.co.uk um, on the Tuesday night. A lot of people were surprised, especially with Cavalero coming on off the bench on Saturday, why he wasn't in the 16 on Tuesday night. Have you got any, any news on that? Well, he was um, he was the one, he was the one that came on against Barnsley at home when they shipped three goals in, in eight minutes and he was at fault for a couple of them not tracking back. So I don't think he was too enamoured with that. Um, and at Newcastle on Saturday, maybe it was a similar situation. I mean, he had he had a couple of shots on the break, but maybe he's maybe he's not pleased with the way that he's buying into what he's asking him to do. So it was a surprise not to see him. Seven million pound record signing, though. You expect to see him a little bit more than we have done. I would have thought. Yeah, you do. You do. I, I, I was I was expecting him to play, so it'd be interesting to see if he's involved in the in the squad on Saturday mm-hmm. because they've got so many players to choose from now. You're going to have some international players. Possibly not even on the bench. So that was the bad. The ugly, obviously, some some unsavoury scenes. I think you saw it inside the ground uh, towards the end of the game. Newcastle fans going over to the Wolves fans. It kind of like spilled out onto the streets. It was just kids, though, mate. It was just. I think. I think that. I think. It was, I think. It was three, I think it was three pound in for kids. Was it? And a I lot it was of a tenner new- one. Was it three kids? For under I think. 16s, was I it? think so. Some saw someone tweeting with that. I think it was just a case of um, fans who don't go very often. Just. 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 Trying to trying to be you know hooligans, but, but was there, was Green Street on the night before? Wasn't yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> was, that, was that what it was? Yeah, that's what <laughs> I think I think it was on an audition for Biker Grove. Actually. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it is what it is, mate. I mean, you, you were there, you you got slightly caught up in it, didn't you? But um, I, I think I think it's just one of those who move on. I don't, I don't think it's you know a, a trend of anything that's happening. No. Wolves, Wolves are very much just kind of caught in the corner. Got a little little bottle to the side of the cheek, but I can safely say that the bottle was not harmed in the process, so that's all right. What was it? Nuki Brown. Yeah, I think it was Iron Brew. To be fair, actually. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so obviously exciting. Look ahead to, to to Brentford and just bring it on. Really, I mean, more of the same, I guess. I guess so. I mean, the last three home games: nil nil against Ipswich, which is terrible. One all against Burton, and then nil four against Barnsley. So mm. then the home form hasn't been great. Um, like against Huddersfield and Barnsley, they come up against a team in real form. I mean, Brentford. Won five 0 against Preston last mm. weekend. Mm. Got a point of Villa before that. They've got a really good team. Looking at them, um, Dean Smith's it's kind of an eclectic mix of players. Really, he's brought in. Um, they've got Kai Kai and Woods, who, who Shrewsbury fans will know well. They've got Romain Sawyer's. 
Uh, Josh McKecker is still there as well. Unaris, who they got from Arsenal back in the, a couple of years ago. Um, and then Scott Hogan started just scoring goals for, for fun up front. He scored a hat trick last weekend. Well, they, wasn't so, that they were doing that money ball? Were they doing the money ball strategy? Yeah, I think that's still Was that being sacked off now then? Yeah, or I think it? Same owner in place, so I think it's all still there. They moved, well, I think that, yeah, they've moved some players along because, I mean, towards the end of last season, they were, um, I mean, um, Dean Smith having just got there, he was um, having a. You know, he had the problems with James Tarkovsky, and yeah. you know they were looking to move players out. And it seemed like Smith had sort of turned up a time where perhaps the bubble was just bursting for mm-hmm. Brentford. But you know, he's he's brought in brought in a good mix of players. So they're, they're such a good young team that you feel like if they perhaps don't quite get in the top six this season, that the next year you'd yeah. you'd well, back them to missing Alan Judge as well, which is and they're missing the best, huge, arguably huge the best player in the whole league. He was fantastic last year, and they turned Wolves over twice. I mean, mm. it's two 0 at Molyneux, and then three 0 oh, when, battery, when the yeah. pressure was really on yeah. Kenny at Griffin Park mm-hmm. in February. So they're they're not to be underestimated whatsoever. I think it'd be a really tough game actually. Yeah. Um, would be surprised. Would be surprised if Brentford got a point out of it or or one. One of those could go either way. Certainly not a home banker. They're unlucky again that they're playing another team in form. Um, I think these kind of teams like Huddersfield and Barnsley and Brentford might tail off a bit towards mm-hmm. the end of the season when you get injuries and suspensions etc and that's maybe when Wolves Wolves' uh, squad rotation you know they should be fresh all season yeah. among these players mm-hmm. um, but yeah it'll be, re- be a really tough game but I'm really interested to see how they how they approach the game because they've started games really badly Wolves have for the most part this season um, they've tended to be a second half team rather than a first half team but the onus is on them to attack it won't be a big crowd Brentford won't bring a lot of fans so it's it's up to Wolves to, to inspire and create and, and really go from the mm. first whistle. I've already been to Villa Park and got a point I think already this season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they're they're they're, they're a decent team. Look forward to it though. Predictions then. Let's start off with the man in form, Mr. Tim Spears. 0 for three last weekend. Brentford Wolves at Molyneux. Where do you see it? We should probably predict an away win. Really? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Wolves will shade it two one. Two one. Yeah. Derek. Uh, it's a it's a tough one. I think I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna sit on the fence. I'm gonna go for uh, I'm gonna go for one one. Yeah, I might I might I might stick for one one actually. Wolves to score first though this time, and maybe yeah. concede later on. But I mean, God, I, I really hope they win. I think that um, to follow up that Newcastle result, I think it's quite important really. Bish, we need to get you down to Molyneux. It's been quite. The last game I saw was the Tuna win over Derby uh, end of the season before last. Okay, I was going to say wasn't play Southend in a while. So and never. I've seen I've seen him at Wembley before. This guy. Seen at Wembley. Goes to the big games. I only go. Yeah, I do the big games. If you make the playoff final, I'll be there. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) I should mention with as we mentioned with my Southend hat on. Brentford's goalkeeper Daniel Bentley Mm. is of of all the players to watch in the Brentford team is. Arguably, the one who's got the most chance of making it to the very top. See, now I agree with Bish on this. Okay, he, <laughs> he, this he is looks, what we brought him in for. <laughs> he looks the real deal. Yeah, he's been getting yeah. rave reviews already at Brentford. I mean, he he was talking like a thirty-eight-year-old veteran at the age of nineteen when he broke into the uh, into the South End team, and he's just he, he's only twenty-two. He's a man. He yeah. is a he is a proper bloke, yeah. and he will ball. It doesn't matter if you. Uh, John Terry or Joe Bloggs playing for the Dog and Duck. He will bull you out if you uh, if you, if you make a mistake at the back. And the, the reflexes and the handling. He's got absolutely everything. Well, he's I mean, w- widely regarded by those yeah. in the game as being a future England international. Yeah, it? it was it was a big surprise in the summer that he didn't go to a Premier League club. Yeah. And it says to me, it said a lot about his character that he chose to go to play for Brentford because if. There, there were several other rumours the strongest being Burnley wanted him yeah. if he went to Burnley he's, sat on the bench. he's going to be sat behind Tom Heaton yeah. and that's the, that's the problem with being a goalkeeper it doesn't matter if you are you could you could be number two and you could be better than the one in front of you but if you haven't got a chance to go on the pitch and prove it then you're going to stay number two so to go in at Brentford 
who moved on their well-established number one to make room for Bentley. Um, it re- you know, really speaks volumes of, uh, of his character as well. And, uh, you know, I-, I hope he does well. Goalkeeper's Union right here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> after Saturday, of course. But, you know, really watch out for him at the, uh, at the weekend. We'll be there three o'clock kickoff as well, me and you. Yes, three o'clock, yeah. <laughs> well, I-, I was saying Villa's 5.30, so there are some different oh, right, changes yeah, yeah. in games, Fair OK? Enough, yeah, yeah. Um, some, some people have got to get from Molyneux to Villa Park. Are you going to do that jaunt, are you? I'm doing the double, yeah. Doing, doing the, double. the double. Wow. Doing the double, Impressive. so I'll finish, in, I'll finish a video with you and I'll go and see Mr Mayhem at Villa Park, so it should be a fun day. Nice. Sure, the missus will be delighted for me to get in Two at Two good games, though, between oh, four good teams. Absolutely yeah. buzzing for them. Uh, another team who were under a lot of pressure at the weekend. Everybody thought, I think we all predicted a, a West Ham win, West Ham smarting after a 4-2 defeat um, at home to... Watford, Albion on the back of a horrendous 1-0 loss at Bournemouth. Pressure on Tony Pulis. Derek, what a difference a week makes. It's amazing, isn't it, football? Just, uh, it's just, it's just, just such a, well, it's why 22,000 still turn up at the Hawthorns. It may have been their lowest gate in the Premier League, but apart from the Swansea game, it, but it's why those 22,000 turned up. It's because, you, you know. 4-0 up. Exactly. <laughs> you just don't know what you don't know what day it's going to come. You know, you don't know what day we don't know what's going to happen at all. Well, as you two proved last week, and you ain't got a clue what's going to happen this <laughs> no, week. We haven't got a clue at all. Um, you know, we just that's why it doesn't matter if you support Man United or mm. Southend United or you know whoever in Wolverhampton Sunday League Division Five. You're going to you, 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 this is why we all turn up to watch the game or play the game. It's because we just. Well, these as, things as, can happen as was the case in the Wolves game they put them on match report you know this is, this is exactly why you love the game you never know what's going to happen but still mm. come on yeah I know four, I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean West, West Ham went kamikaze um, I mean that that fourth goal just after half time mm-hmm. I mean it was it was like the fifth minute of stoppage time of the European yes. Cup final yeah. and they're 2-0 and they're down not 3-0 down a few seconds after the break mm. and you know every outfield player is in the opposition panel here I mean what was going on there Albion could have I mean, I could have jogged the ball at the other end of the pitch and scored. It was what's just ridiculous. Easy, easy. You've not seen my turn of pace. What's, in that, what's in that coffee? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, just, it's just amazing. And you know, is a new as a new hero been born? Well, I've got to say, John Williams said that you know they signed five players. So we're going to sign the sign five players. Tony Pulis says he didn't get those players that he wanted. They weren't his signings. Uh, I think maybe Tony might come up and say, "Well, actually, they're quite fancy Nasser Chadley yeah, as one of them." Mm-hmm. I mean, what a what a find. Well, he's looking, looking the business. He's, isn't he? Early days, but weapon out. Is is the sort of player that a club like Albion need to sign? Is uh, someone who's gone and played in the Premier League for a big club? He's on the fringes. Uh, he could stay at that club and pick up a paycheck if he wants. Yeah. Yep. But he wants to prove himself. He wants to show that Tottenham are wrong not to play him, and he wants to, uh, you know, he, he wants to, to to prove himself to the world. And mm. he's done exactly that. The first two games, he was, um, you know. Matt Wilson's account, he played very well in the, in his, on his debut, mm. and I mean, his home debut, you know, could, have been, could hardly have been better, really. I think Phillips played well as well, didn't he? And if, if you, if Phillips you get, is a, you know, another excellent sign. If, if you get them two fit and firing all season and Rondon up front, then you've got potential for quite a few goals there. I think we've, we've been, in the past couple of podcasts, we've saying, you know, where Albion's goal's going to come mm. from, problems with Berahino, etc. But if, you, if you've got those three, yeah. and McLean on form as well, then it's... Something looks quite decent. Suddenly, they look very much like Tony Pulis's Palace as well. Yeah, with the number, yeah. Of, the pace, and mm. wide players. You know, and yet they and they've got that focal point in mm. Rondon as well, mm. um, which is which some Palace never really had. You know, they've always struggled until they signed Benteke. Haven't mm-hmm. really had a decent striker. Mm. But if 
you know, they got all that ammunition feeding Rondon. Yeah. You know, it back him to score 15 goals this season. Sounds like quite an odd game. I obviously didn't see the whole in the highlights, but I didn't see the whole game. But I think it was 20, West Ham had 23 shots to eight of Albion and they had 70% possession as well. But yeah, Albion went 4 0 up. Just sounds crazy. but um, Unbelievable. I think they've had Maron Schumach and, uh, and Sissoko on trial. I don't think they're, they're taking their options up on them. I think that's been confirmed today, especially with Schumach. I think Sissoko a couple of days ago, they said they're not going to. Not going to take him up on that deal, and I think with maybe some someone like Sam Field who's come and, and done a really good job, uh, the likes of James Morrison coming back, Chris Brunt's on his way back as well now. Maybe maybe he's looking at the squad now and thinking, well, I might be all right till January. Oh, we've not really seen Jonathan Lecco yet this season mm. either, and you know, just remember how excited we were about about him at the end of last season. So there's you know there's plenty. It, it's amazing to think you know seven days ago when it was well, Albion, <laughs> you know you. you your favourite to go, he was. You'd yeah. possibly put them in the bottom three yeah. at the end of the season. Puna's favourite to go, and now suddenly look at it. You mm. went, oh, hang on, this is this this is a team that's suddenly got a bit about them. Mm. They're sitting in the top half, you know, and they're doing it all without Ricky Lambert, which amazes me, Jude. It amazes me. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard about well, our Ricky Lambert watch. Uh, no, I haven't. No, he hasn't. So obviously, transfer deadline day, an absolute disaster for Albion. Really, when you look at it. Whether they wanted to sign, you know, 15, 20 million pound players or not, they, they didn't. It didn't happen for them. Berahino's still there. You know, we've been like that the same the last three or four transfer windows. However, I thought the best bit of business Albion did was to get someone to sign Ricky Lambert. Now, I'm. He, he went on. You, it was a massive undue delight rant about how terrible Ricky Lambert was. I've had to repeat, watch him. Repeated it a week later. We ended up having a bet that uh, I think he'll score five goals this season. Whoa, whoa, he whoa, doesn't. whoa, whoa. Whoa. I think he'll score less than five, five or less league goals. You've, oh, yeah. got, you've got more than five league goals when it, he went irrelevant to Irrelevant either way. When he, he went he, to Cardiff. He'll get more than that anyway. Um, so yeah, we've got a bet on this. He hasn't scored, he hasn't scored yet. He hasn't scored yet. He's still oh, he's up. Sa- he sound pretty cheaper for someone who's uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, considering. But league he's goals. at Norwich. He's just warming up Cardiff for a terrible team. But you know, once, uh, once they get going... Yeah, and it's uh, yeah, cost of coffee, cost of coffees for the whole of next season uh, for the for the loser. Thoughts? I think it'll be. I think this one could go go all the way go towards the end of the season. <laughs> I look forward to following. I look forward to tracking the progress on the uh, on the. Podcast. Well, I'll give you the progress. Uh, Cardiff nil, Leeds United two was the latest game. <laughs> so I think you'll find he wasn't on the score sheet then. Do own goals count? Um, oh, I don't know. Do you get half an own goal? He'll be fine. Don't worry about Ricky Lambert. <laughs> I know he'll be fine. I've seen his bank balance. Uh, so yeah you know Ricky Lambert horrendous player but well done Albion for getting rid uh, that's that let's move on to the game of the weekend they go to Stoke who are in a obviously ex-Tony ex- Pulis I mean they right. are in trouble you talk about Tony Pulis a couple of weeks ago I and mean, Mark Hughes all of a sudden Mark Hughes has to be the favourite for the set surely oh. I mean if they lose to Albion this weekend can anyone see any way back for, look at you just the, the player he's, he's done exactly what he's he's done Mark Hughes has always done, which is he's taken a decent squad, got him a couple of decent finishes. But the more and more Mark Hughes players that he brings into the squad, it just turns them. He turns, he turns them into a bunch of. I don't know. It's just he just can't. He signs players. You're like, oh, ex- excellent player. Shakiri, excellent player. Anatovic, excellent player. Imbula, you know, eighteen million pounds. So you can't really go argue with that. And it's. You know, but what they're not meshing. Mm. They don't. They have no structure to them. They've got all these this fantastic array of talent, but very in very unstoke. Like there doesn't seem to be any substance to them. But it's weird they didn't actually sign anyone in the summer, which I think which I think is is the thing that they fans did, are going on about. They signed Joe Allen, but very little else. They were definitely the lowest spenders in the Premier League. They did spend a lot. Of, they did spend a lot of money in January, though, didn't they? Or with Imbula yeah, and, and, and the like. It's it just 
it just yeah, it's just Mark Hughes unfortunately over again. And I am, um, you know, I and I was I actually stuff I've had an argument with my, with, uh, with a few of my friends, and it's, we still talk about it to this day because it got quite heated in the pub that Mark Hughes shouldn't have been sacked by Man City at the time. But every job he's done since has proved that well, Man City were completely bang on to get rid of him at the time mm-hmm. because he signs all these you know these these fantastic attacking players and there's either something not right with their mentality or he's not signing the right players to, to give them a foundation I think you're is, right if they don't win this week and they'll be in trouble especially since the fact that uh, Stoke are massively Albion's bogey team no one's gone got yet got a horrendous record against them no one's gone yet someone's got to go sooner like we're not going to have a season when no one gets sacked no no, no that would be one. incredible no. yeah so uh, you know it's it's like it, yeah, someone will be sacked before the end of September, and Mark Hughes has got to be on some. But as far as as far as this weekend goes, it's a great opportunity for Albion. Yeah, both times to play because you really thought I thought Stoke would get a result against Hull in the cup. Was it the last night or Tuesday night? Yeah, but they just didn't. And no, they got uh, beat again. Yeah, where does, where one does the win lost two one? Albion have got to get at them though. I mean, it's it's a different game to last week where they let West Ham come on to them. What they need to do is, you know, much like Wolves did with Newcastle, they need to go out on the front foot. They need to, they need to press them, even if it's just the first twenty minutes, to get that, to get that Stoke ground to turn against their team, because it's not going to take much. It's not going to take much to, uh, you know, to create a, a nervy atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, it looks, things are good for Albion. I think they've got Stoke and Sunderland, the current bottom two in the league, in the next two matches. So if, if I know they've got tougher enough after that. I think they play um, Spurs, Liverpool, Man City, and Leicester next yeah. four. But if they can pick up. Couple of points next two away games, or maybe maybe four out of the next two away at Stoke and Sunderland. Then, but then it suddenly becomes a very good start out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, a week ago we're saying, oh, it's it's all falling apart. How long is Pulis going to last? It's crazy. And then one big win, and suddenly you know, playing the bottom two next up, things look a lot better. And as bad as it's gone, if they win and win well, Albion could be fourth on Saturday night. Really? I mean, how crazy is that? Yeah. Very. I mean, they probably won't be with a couple, you know, I'm sure team score, you know, people like Arsenal and Chelsea will score and win, but, you know, they could be fourth, which, you know, just shows what the league's going to be like this season and maybe we were we were a bit too harsh on them in the last couple of weeks. No, I think, I think they deserved it. I think they made yeah, a full I, start and, and, and nobody was happy with the transfer business that they'd done. So mm. I, th- I think they deserved a bit of a kick in for that, but hey, they're turning it around. You'd like to think so anyway. Uh, we'll go to you first, Derek. Stoke versus Walsall predictions, please. Stoke versus Wal- not Walsall. Stoke surprise, versus. Surprise it's been, game, it's it? been a long like five days no, in Newcastle. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, it was tough, wasn't it? It, it was, was tough. tough. <laughs> it was tough. It was tough on that Saturday night at 2:30 a.m. when I was trying to lift your lift your head out the. Out Don't the make things ball. up. Don't make things up. <laughs> <laughs> What's what happened in Newcastle? Stays in Newcastle. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's very true. Very true. Uh, oh, well, yeah, I went uh, finished with a hangover line after that, but And Derek, Stoke, Stoke, West Brom. I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for three-one to Albion. Three-one wow. to Albion. Wow. Yeah, Stoke shipping goals. You can come again. Shipping goals, mm-hmm. um, but Albion as they, you know, they may concede uh, on the back end of the game. Seven again. goals in two games from Albion. Uh, Matt Wilson, you know, probably won't be at work Monday. He'll be, uh, you know, be hooked Absolutely. up to a heart rate monitor. <laughs> so, uh, but he, yeah. I mean, they're under t- the under twenty under twenty three has got five two at the week as well. It's just yeah. Hawthorne's raining goals at the moment. One three, two two two, two two. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go for a just like Albion to go and win, and then I'm probably have a horrendous defeat. I'm gonna go one nil Stoke. One nil Stoke on this occasion. I think that um, Hughes might get his first win of the season. They need it. Boy, it, do they need it's it. It's either that or it will be uh, it will revert to type. It will be Stoke nil Albion nil, and they'll both be back to being last and much of the day again. So, uh, yeah, Albion were first last week, weren't they? Yeah, that's got. I can't remember the last time that happened. You got to be delighted with that. Unbelievable. Um, 
Yeah, I guess. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have nothing else to add. <laughs> Tell you what, si- silence is great when you're listening as well. It's fabulous. Uh, a team that probably might have been on match today if they were showing these games, League One on Saturday. You wouldn't have thought it if you looked at it. It was Walsall 1, Bolton 0. But what a game. What a result. Down to 10 men in, what, the 15th, 16th minute against the league leaders. Score. Red card at the other end, by the end of the game. I mean, what a fabulous result. Amazing for uh, for Walsall because it's a, a. I mean, all three managers entered the weekend under immense amounts of pressure. Possibly John Whitney more than anybody. Um, you know, it's a lot of. In terms uh, of getting a result, yeah. I mean, in terms of getting a result, yeah. not in terms of getting sacked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but in terms of getting a, a result, um, you know, John Whitney was under the most pressure of them all because a lot of he's obviously a very young manager still. A lot of questions have been asked about, you know, whether he can actually do it tactically yeah. uh, and what he proved Saturday was even with 10 men he can go out he can get his team to mm-hmm. nick a goal and then they can shut up shop you know it took an excellent display from their goalkeeper Neil Etheridge oh, um, yeah. you know I mean that's some of the saves the one, one particular save where he's, he's dived off to his uh, his left just to, to claw around the post was just, just phenomenal um, and you know we'll sort of you know they, they've proved maybe you know, if they just make themselves a bit tighter and, you know, not so worried about being fantastic and exciting going forward, maybe there's, you know, maybe there's something in it this season for them still. Just a huge confidence boost for the for the players who've struggled and, you know, there's, there's, there's a few new players in there and everybody's wondering how it's going to work out. Um, you know, the relegation zone's looming. But to be... Who, who I really think will run away with the league, but well, they should do, Bolton anyway. have got a fantastic squad. Well, you say that. League. But still, well, yeah. in my opinion, yeah. and then, um, but to beat them with ten men, massive confidence boost. Uh, and I think it bodes really well for the rest of the season that they can compete with these teams, uh, and that they should be looking, you know, minimum top half for yeah. me. Yeah, I mean, the pessimistic side of me will say, I mean, you look, Bolton, fantastic start, won all those games, you know, but they are they had drawn their previous, I think it was previous three, mm. so they were, were a bit on the slide already. I mean, uh, I mean, even drew South End, which is a pretty horrific result wow. this season. I Terrible. mean, that's how bad. Oh, they were but they're on the on, the, you know, they're already on the slide as, as well. So you know, either Walsall have caught them at a good time, or you know, Bolton aren't what they they're cracked up to be. Or you know, fingers crossed, uh, Walsall are you know, they're a lot better than what they've shown so far this season. And like you say, if they do go on from here. These are the type of the games where you know it's important for morale, team bonding. You know they're all together and, and they've got a result. This is where maybe it starts from here. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I mean, the team last season that was three years, five years in the making. I mean, those players mm. knew each other inside out. Yeah. They could tell you what they had for breakfast every day. They mm. knew each other so well. Um, this team is very young. You know, there's a lot of lone players in there. So they you know, we're. In how the do very... you think? How do you think they've done um, squad wise and bringing new players in? Uh, well, it's 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 different. I mean, you wouldn't like to see so many loanies at the back as they've had, but you know there aren't ma- there weren't many defenders out there on the market this year for League One clubs. There were you know a distinct lack of you know decent permanent signings. Um, it's so you know they've gone out and done what they can. They've kept you know they managed to keep a decent core of what who wanted to stay together. You know they've kept Etheridge, they've kept Chambers, uh, they've kept O'Connor. Um, you know, and they've had to sort of build around those players, and you know, with it, they've uh, you know, I think they've done they've done pretty well, and I think they're that you know they're a side that will only get better as the season goes on. So uh, I'm a little bit more optimistic about Walsall than you know than, than perhaps I was at the start of the season. More optimistic than Shrewsbury. Shrew, I, I, yeah, talking to managers under pressure, I think Mickey Mellon's under mm-hmm. under huge amounts of pressure uh, because they have gone out and they have made established League One signings this summer, uh, and I think. 
you know, if they, they seem to sign 15, you know, 10, 15 players almost every transfer window. It's, you know, they need, he needs, a, he needs them to put a run together now um, because they shouldn't be spending what they're spending. They shouldn't be in the bottom four. Warsaw go to Peterborough at the weekend and that's not an easy, easy trip, is it, in itself? No, no. I mean, again, Peterborough, another, you know, another side in the early stages of their development with a new manager. So, uh, one that you always expect to see up, up and around the top six come the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a tough game. Uh, you know, but I feel both sides are sort of in the same in the same boat, which might make for uh, you know for a good game. Both teams trying to attack one another and get the get the three points. Was it a deserved red card on Saturday? Because I had visions of Joe Massey, who revealed in last week's podcast that when Warsaw weren't given a penalty away at Bristol Rovers, he threw his pen in anger and Oof. it hit an innocent bystander, a paying punter. In, in the, the press box, he's thrown his pen and it hit someone on the side <laughs> Can of the you head. believe it? Can you believe it? The guy's got rage issues. So I'm hoping it was a legitimate red card otherwise. Yeah. Otherwise there'd have been uh, fountain pens and bics flying all over <laughs> all over the banks. Uh, well, I, I didn't think it was a red card. Um, Joe didn't think it was a red card. Although I gather he kept himself, you know, he kept himself more in check. Perhaps learning from last week. So it's good, you know, it's good to see him growing as a human being. Um, what, what, would he, what would he have done from a, from an administrative point of view if, if your Warsaw reporter had been had been thrown into the uh, into the stalls, so to speak? As you kindly weekend? pointed out at the start, I'm, I'm deputy, so uh, I'd have just passed up the chance. Ah, smart. <laughs> Um, all right, guys. So let's have a little prediction then. Peterborough versus Walsall. Tim, start us off. Uh, Peterborough got a decent team. Tough test. I, I, I think one all. I think they'll take a point and they'll get one. I'm going to go two one Peterborough from the uh, Doom and Gloom. I think that's pretty. I think that's that's I might have a little cheeky fiver on that one, Derek. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, well, Don't sit on the fence. Come on. Let's I, should, I know. I'm going to agree with Tim. I'm going to say one all. One all. Okay. Good stuff. Um, right, so it's going to be a short podcast this week, guys. We just got a few questions in the mailbag. Uh, we'll start off with let's. Well, we just finished with Warsaw. Let's let's go back to Warsaw then. Uh, question from Darren. Darren says, um, "Where are Warsaw's goals coming from, Derek?" Uh, well, silence speaks for itself, perhaps. <laughs> um, I think you know. I I, I think that ten man victory last week showed the way for Warsaw. Um, I don't think scoring goals. Needs to be necessarily what they worry. That sounds strange, doesn't it? What necessarily what they worry about? No, I know what you mean. You know, set pieces, uh, nicking goals on the break with the pack. People know people like Bakayoko and Jackson. You know, I, I can see Walsall's top scorer not getting any more than about ten this season. Um, you know, but set pieces is where we're going to go. I think. Uh, well, Simeon, I was Simeon Jackson's probably not going to score twenty-five goals, is he? So, I mean, he's got the ability to. He has got the ability to, but, but whether. You know whether he will or not. I, I think Walsall need to first and foremost focus on tightening up. Uh, you know, look at nicking those goals. You know, and then find that foundation from which they can, you know, can, can build. And they've got good attacking players, Ostuma, people like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've, I've seen Ostuma play. You know, my previous job was in Suffolk covering the Isthmian League. I've seen covering uh, the what? The, Ist- the Isthmian League. What's that? The, don't, don't, it's, it's the same level as the Evo Stick League. Jude is very much a kind of a you know match, match of the day Premier <laughs> yeah. League Championship kind of kind of guy. He doesn't really lower, lower himself. To those those I got sent to a League One game once. I wasn't having that. I was sort of going on. Like, oh, is that, isn't what's that when um, Jimmy Bullard took over this week? Leatherhead. Leatherhead, yeah. yeah. Crazy. Leatherhead. Yeah, Leatherhead play yeah, many times. Some of us follow football all the way down the all the way down the leagues. Oh, I'm thinking Leatherhead. Also, I'm thinking Texas Chainsaw not, Massacre. Not, not all about. Not, not, <laughs> Sorry, it's not all about gourmet food in the Chelsea press box for all of us. Oh <laughs> please, you'd be the first one if you got them in the in the EPL cut, EFL cut. You next do round. get yeah, you do get good food down the pyramid. Yeah, you do. Gul- you Goulston 
Galston who, who play in the uh, Eastern Counties League. Go on. Uh, beautiful. It's a beautiful homemade steak pie. Wow. Um, it wasn't even you know it was I was a, press. I was a privileged what press. Not plural press, plural as I was press singular. <laughs> um, okay, okay. But uh, yeah, but, you know, invited to the ball with a lovely bit of steak pie. It was gorgeous. Decent. I mean, that was ten years ago. I mean, you can tell. <laughs> ten years. You, you can, can probably a meal from ten I years can, ago. I <laughs> I must have been good. I, I love my food. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, I love that. Love that band. Albion. Did we answer that? Did we, did we, did we, sorry, did we answer? Yeah, Darren's we did. We did. Uh, yeah, 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 we, we did. said n- n- nobody. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be shared around this season. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's what I'm trying around. to get at for, uh, for Darren. Yeah. It's going to be shared around. I think, you know, we've got to look to the centre house to, to pop up with some uh, cheeky set pieces. Uh, Albion boys, so, so obviously opening this to the floor. Uh, what's a realistic amb- ambition for Albion this season? 15th. 15th? <laughs> yeah. Come on. Well, they're already at, already at the League Cup. Uh, you can go fourth on Saturday. I am. Um, I don't think they should be looking any higher than that. Well, I don't think realistic. They shouldn't be looking any higher no, than 15th? Re- no. Realistically, I don't think they'll finish in higher than 15th, personally. I mm. think I think the league's stronger this year than it was last year. The league is definitely stronger than it was last year. Uh, and I don't think Albion have improved sufficiently to I, make a bad I, gap. This is going to sound very Tony Pulis, very cliche, but I don't think Albion need to be looking at aims and ambitions. I think they, they just need to... Can you to, just answer that when you're walking out the door, if you're going to do it in proper yeah, Pulis yeah, fashion? Yeah, so stand up at the press <laughs> yeah, conference. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, they've, just, they've got to build a foundation. It, you know, and we're, we're still, we're, you know, we're still pretty in the dark as to exactly what ambition is the, the new Chinese owner is going to have because they they haven't had a, a transfer window. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think we're going to, you know, they've got to build a decent foundation. Uh, you know, they've already started adding to that Phillips and uh, and, and Chadley, who are going to be, you know, big players not just this season but next season as well. They just need to put themselves in a good position, make sure they stay up. I think. Well, that's the- and not be scrapping to stay up. I mean, fifteenth. You know, I mean, anywhere, 15th, 10th or 15th, uh, you know, decent this season. But then next year they'll be expected to build on that. Well, the, the key is Rondon because mm. without him you don't see where the goals are coming from. Mm. We're talking about creativity a lot yeah. today with Phillips and Chudley. Um, I think they'll, they'll still be quite solid at the back. Yeah. But yeah, first and foremost, they want to avoid a relegation scrap. Yeah, that's not saying they should be scrapping from you know from from minute one because they, you know they're obviously stuck themselves in the middle of the table. But a, a nice, boring, very Albion-like season where that you know they go through bloody a couple of noses at the big boys along the way. Uh, add a add a cut run on top of that. That's, yeah. what, that's what really that's what, that's what, that's what really so needs. Points for them that they that they. Played yeah. a, a much changed team against Northampton. They, but, they but, cut, a cut runs what they really need. I mean, that's what all these clubs need to, to be. You know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, Le- Leicester last year anomaly completely. You know, the big clubs have all suddenly realised actually we can't rest on lowers anymore. So we can forget the next 20 years now anyone other than the big club winning the Premier League. So those clubs from sixth downwards need to all start taking these cups seriously because fans will fall out of love with the game yeah clubs listen listen to Bish yeah. I like it, <laughs> Come on. I like it. Uh, um, no, you're right. And, right and thanks for the really good emails this week guys um, they're coming in the ones and twos it's just been crazy <laughs> that's three hang on that's three there is that three or is that one of your no, questions no no that's no, no, that's three podcast <laughs> podcast.expressandstyle.co.uk we'll finish off with this really good one from Mark uh, to you Tim at Wolves and this is an interesting one really because um, probably something that we haven't really touched on too much 
Uh, what do the players make of Zenga's squad rotation? We talked about what we make of it, but from, from a player point of view, if you're in one week and out the other and on the bench and then you're starting and then you're out of the squad, it must be difficult. We've seen some some strange selections, haven't we, so far? I mean, you know, you had Dave Edwards left out of the squad completely against Barnsley, comes in and plays a starring role against Newcastle. On, the, on that day, Richard Stearman dropped from the squad altogether, even though he was cup-tied for Tuesday, so Stearman was the only player who wasn't involved who travelled up to Newcastle. You're getting players coming from nowhere and starting. Players were starting and dropping completely out of the squad. I mean, you can't predict it. I mean, you know, Bish, you know my, my predictive teams in the paper aren't that great at the best of times. Yeah, but, but trying uh, to predict his 11 <laughs> at the moment is a nightmare. But in answer to the question, on the record, the players are all buying into it. You know, we speak to them about it a lot after the game. Um, and they say, yeah, they're, they're buying into it. They're trying something new. The, the, the test comes in a couple of months when a few of them have been left out for a little while. Um, but I think at the moment, the big thing is that they're all close to playing they know that they're not going to be out of the team for a few weeks potentially you know even though they were left out of the squad completely one game they could be in in the next one if they're putting a good performance in training etc now once Zenga gets a settled team whether that'll change I don't know but at the moment he's making use of all of his 21, 22, 23 players um, yeah. well they've got opportunities I'm just, you know it'll be fine like you say when, well, they're all when, when those opportunities start to dry up for certain members of the squad exactly please. well that's why now it's so important for them as players because they're still being auditioned basically mm. you know we still have players making their debut on Tuesday um, but the likes of Jack Price uh, Jed Wallace George Savile you know if, if these guys don't don't put in a good performance in the early weeks of Zenga's reign then um, they'll be discarded because they've brought in so many players mm. and they're potential to bring in so many more in January that um but yeah, you're going to have a lot of unhappy players, but at the moment, I think, because they all know that they could literally be playing the next game, even though they they think they might be frozen out, I think I think it's okay for now. I was going to say, like, we've got, we're only just getting over the whole transfer deadline day. 12 more weeks and we're going to be in January. Don't, it's going to be crazy. Don't, oh, dear. Don't, don't, I can't say that again. Uh, guys, tweet us as well at ES underscore podcast one. Thank you very much this week. Tim, been a pleasure. As always. Derek Bish, what did you think? First, oh, first what, time what, on what, debut. What, I think, okay, okay, I'm just going to give him a little bit of a little bit of, round of applause. Well, so we top draw. You, you're on your own there, but yeah, yeah. No, that was a good. Day. I'm glad there was one applause, which makes it sound like I was applauding myself. That was actually <laughs> nice. Um, I just, you know, I just want to thank you guys for for letting me spread the message of Freddie Eastwood and, and bring his Ooh. name back into the uh, <laughs> into the into, into the names into the into the minds of uh, of the Wolverhampton Wanderers fans. So uh, for that, I'll be eternally grateful, and I'm sure Freddie running this building company in South Essex will as well. <laughs> Is that what he's doing now? That's exactly what he's doing. That was, that's not even a joke. That's, that's, that's what oh, he's doing. What is he? He can't be a retirement age already. He needs a shell because oh, right. Mick wanted him to run. And <laughs> yeah, it's all mixed so, up. Uh, Put in a shift, lad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Thank you, guys. From me, from Freddie, and from the ENS Football Podcast, this has been a pleasure. Have a great weekend. Let's get three home wins this time. Take care. Bye-bye.